This is Lou Nolan, the voice of the Flyers. You're listening to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen on 610 AM. Welcome back to The Heart of Sports. Jeff Cohen decided not to talk through that comeback because we had Lou Nolan welcoming you. Thank you, Lou. Jeff, thank you for uh, keeping it quiet there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's time for something new here, Jeff. So now we're going to do our intro. I'll talk over it now. Nope, nobody even heard the crack of the bat there. All they heard was the crowd and your voice. Maybe the batter whiffed on that one. But. It's possible. We decided that, you know, it, it, there's more to baseball than just what we see with the Phillies and the major league teams. Jeff, you and your son are, are basically my catalyst for this because <laughs> your minor league knowledge uh, far exceeds mine. Why don't you tell the listeners where the idea came from and uh, what we got going on here? So over the course of the last 10 years, uh, you know, we've been traveling around to minor league games and and see um, players from the moment that they're drafted, when they're 18 years old or so, or 17 years old, if they, if they get them from another country and they just sign them as free agents, just kind of progress up the system. And it, it's made us more invested in the Phillies. But what we've gotten to see is the growth of of young men into major league baseball players. And at times young men struggle to do something they've done their whole life and to try to realize their dream and it not work out. And, and we talked about it and thought maybe it would be a good idea for us to spend the summer going around to these minor league parks. So that, so that for, for all of you that can't get to every one of these stadiums, so that you can experience what we've been experiencing and kind of get invested in, in these players from the moment that they get drafted, the moment that they're signed, and until years later, you see them in the major leagues. So, for example, I've watched Reese Hoskins play at single A and double A and triple A and, and advance from a guy who, you know, people thought maybe he would never make it here because he struck out too much to a guy now that, that has an incredibly disciplined strike zone and what he went through to get there. And, and we've seen pitchers who, you know, Cole Hamill started with Lakewood and worked his way up. You know, became a, he was a very hot-headed kid. If you remember, he broke his hand out of frustration during a game and to, be, to become the, the wily veteran that he became towards the end of his time here. You, you get to see what it's like to go through minor, minor league baseball, and we're going to do that not just through telling you um, how players are doing from week to week, but, but also interviewing the coaches the people in the front office, the players, and it, it'll be a lot of the prospects, the ones that we expect will someday be here or on some major league roster because um, a lot of these guys get, are, are then get traded or guys that you may not. Uh, you know, uh, just a quick story. There, there was a guy in the minor leagues with the Blue Claws a few years ago. That's uh, a Lakewood team for our listeners who aren't is. familiar with the minor league system, and we understand it's a little bit confusing sometimes, different teams, different names, so we'll try to go over that as well for yeah. you. At, at Lakewood is the low A team. It's it's really the second lowest level in baseball. Um, and, and there was a guy named Luke Wirtz, and Luke was a, a, a pitcher out of the University of Nebraska, and we watched him at Lakewood, and he was he was great at Lakewood. He was a relief pitcher, and and he struggled after that. And, and I remember we went to a charity game that they had, and we, we wanted an auction his jersey. And um, Luke did not make it to the major leagues. But he's, from what I've seen, we've actually tweeted to him. My son still wears his jersey. He had it signed by him and stuff. And we tweeted to him about six months ago. And, and he thought it was so great that there's a kid out there that is still wearing his jersey. And when we went to Lakewood last week, 
uh, the, the director of media relations saw my son wearing the jersey and commented on, you know, Luke was a great guy. And, and, and I think that's what people need to realize. Minor league baseball is level after level after level of thousands of ball players, the majority of which don't end up making the major leagues, but do this out of a passion. They're not making $3 million signing bonuses and things like that. Nah, and so we're going to go through um, each week. We'll do a recap of what's going on uh, at the different levels of the team. We'll have some interviews that we've done at the different ballparks. Today we'll have two of the Lakewood Blue Cause players. Uh, and then we'll do a stock up, stock down segment at the end. So you can kind of expect that every week on the show. Jeff, why don't we start at the, the highest level, closest to the majors, that the, the fans may know some of the, the players' names. Uh, the AAA team, Lehigh Valley, wh- where are we at with that team? Well, right sh- well should we start by explaining <coughs> the different levels? That would probably be a good place to start. Uh, well, I'll just do it quickly. So, so the way that it works is when you're, when you're drafted, uh, which, by the way, the draft is in about 30 days. So when you're drafted out of high school or if you're signed as a free agent from another country like the Dominican Republic or Venezuela, a lot of the players that you've, that you've seen that come from those countries, they get drafted as free agents. They, they don't go through the normal draft. They go usually to short season A, which in, in the Philly system is the Williamsport Crosscutters. They play half a season because these guys are used to playing 20 to 30 games a year. They're not used to the grind of 140 games, which is they play 142 kind games. Kind of like what people think of when they think college basketball to the pros exactly. going from, you know, 30 games to yeah, 80 but this, plus. But but as bad as a grind that is, going from 20 to 30 baseball games to 140 baseball games over the course of a summer in the heat, it, that's a grind for guys. So then you have Lakewood is the next level. That's single A. And then Clearwater, Florida has the Threshers. That's where the Phillies have their spring training. That's high A. And then you get to Reading, which is double A. Which and you triple. can catch on this station after us and, and every night that they have a game or day. They play yeah. day games. They <laughs> do. No, no. They play morning games. Morning games. games. I never knew yeah. that. I, I learned that. <laughs> but you can catch the Reading, Philly, the Reading team uh, here on 610 for their games after us each yep. week. And, and if you're interested in finding out who's pitching for each of those teams every day, we have our own Twitter account now called High Hopes Phils. Um, and we put up there the minor league pitchers that are supposed to be pitching that day. Uh, we do that in the morning or the night before. And then we also go through players that have had good games the night before. So, so what, we try to give you some So then we get to the AAA team, which is a team closest to the majors, which yes. is a good place for us to start this week uh-huh. with what's going on with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, who I just love their name. <laughs> well, you know how that name came about, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Pig Iron. Yes. Yes. So so they're 13 and 12, and they're in second place in the International League's North Division. Um, the prospects that you probably know, because they've actually already been here, include Roman Quinn. And for those who, I mean, when Roman Quinn was up last year, he's a spark plug. He's, he's the kind of guy, he's like a Vince Coleman guy, and there aren't that many guys left in the major leagues. And so he's healthy. That's the first thing, because he has been injured year after year. Um, he's batting 309. He's hitting two. He has two home runs, two doubles, two triples. The big thing is he has 11 stolen bases. And he's playing in the outfield, and yes. you want him to stay there. I do. You don't want to see him. <laughs> so I mean, so, it seems like the Phillies are moving towards versatility of yes. players and positions so in, in general. In spring training, and when we had Jim Salisbury on, we talked about a little bit about this. Um, in it, when he was at Lakewood, they tried to convert him to a full-time shortstop, uh, and that was before they had drafted. Roman was drafted the year before J.P. Crawford. 
So they tried to convert Roman to a shortstop, and it was not a great experiment in the field. Uh, I saw him in one game, I believe, make three errors, just throwing it over the first baseman's head. But as an outfielder, he covers an incredible amount of ground. It's fast, and he's graceful. And he's the kind of guy I was really hoping would make it out of spring training to the Phillies, and there was a real good chance he was, except for the fact that they have this glut in the outfield. He, you want to have a speed guy on the bench, and, and he, would, he would be a spark at the end of games if he's not in the game. So I'm going to give you a couple other players we'll go through quickly because we want to make sure we have time to play some of the interviews we got last mm-hmm. week too. Dylan Cousins and Tom Eshelman. So Dylan Cousins is as close to the Hulk as you're going to get. Every time I see he's hitting a home run, he and I talk to you about it, and gigantic. you go, but you got to watch his strikeout. Yes, so if you, you look at his stats, the good, 289 batting average, six home runs, including he's the first iron pig to hit three home runs in a game this week, which he did uh, during a 10.35 a.m. game. Yeah, I got a so, lot of notifications on my phone from the what, minor what league whatever, whatever they feed for breakfast, they should also be feeding eat, for dinner. Eat more of that. Yes. yes. Uh, he has 15 RBIs and a 9.44 OPS. The bad. Got 35 strikeouts and 83 at-bats. Does yeah. he have a hole in his swing, or what is the yeah, problem? Yeah, he has there? a really big hole in his swing. Um, and and that's he's going to be one of those guys that if he ever makes it to the major leagues, it's going to be that they're just going to accept the fact that he's going to strike out 200 times a year. Eshelman. He was the Phillies pitcher of the year last year in the minor leagues. He has gotten off to a, a slow start. He doesn't have overpowering stuff. Um, but I think he's the kind of guy. The guys that are more feel guys – usually take a little longer to get going because it just takes a little longer to, to hit those spots. So I'm not worried about him, but I don't see Eshelman as anything more than probably a four or five starter when he gets up here. We've got some of the pleasant surprises. we got De Los Santos, and Sir Anthony Dominguez has drawn yeah. the attention of people. By somebody more important than us. Yeah. Why, where did So Kapler went on his day off got a last steak week. And went, yeah, and went to Reddit. Sir Anthony. And people were wondering why he was there, and the rumor he was there was to see a guy named Sir Anthony Dominguez, who at Lakewood was a starter, and they have converted him to a reliever, and he has electric stuff. And So he went and saw him at Reading, and yeah. then after they saw him, they moved him up yeah, to that, Lehigh Valley. There, there was no coincidence. So he, got, he, got, he was at Double A. He was eight appearances, 13 innings, 18 strikeouts, and only two walks. Okay. So they immediately promote him, and he's been in three games, an inning each. He has not given up a hit at Triple A. It's a very small sample size, so don't get super excited. Three strikeouts, zero ERA, and and a point. That's that's right, zero is he, ERA. Is he breathing down Hector Neres' neck as a potential future closer on this team now? Yeah, Hector has always been a worry for me. Hector just doesn't seem to have that closer mentality, kind of like Ken Giles, but not that crazy that you punch yourself in the face. <laughs> Why don't since since we've only got like fifteen. Uh, 18 minutes left in the, yeah. in the show. Why don't we, instead of going through the, the double and single, you want to play one of the interviews we did last week at Lakewood? All right, so so the the first interview we're going to do is last year, Spencer Howard was the second round pick of the Phillies. Uh, Spencer has had an interest, and this is one of the things we want to focus on, Spencer has had an interesting story about how he turned around his career that almost ended in high school. Um, and l- let's just listen to the interview that we did with him. Howard of the Lakewood Blue Claws. Spencer, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Where were you at high school? Templeton, California. And I heard a story that when you were there that you were actually considering giving up baseball and playing a different sport. Yeah, so there was some political stuff going on with my baseball coach, and there was rumors that for my senior year he was going to leave 
and if he left, I was going to play volleyball because I went out and practiced a couple times with him just during the off season, and ended up being pretty just naturally talented at it. And so ended up he stayed, so I played my senior year, and now we're here. And then you walked on at Cal Poly? Yes, walked on. Okay. And, and were you a starting pitcher when you first started? No. So I got there and had a decent fall um, and then redshirted my freshman year just because really wasn't good enough to play and put on about 20 pounds, came back the next year and started out in the pen. And even my junior year, started out in the pen too. And then one of our starters went down with Tommy John. And so I kind of filled in that role and took off from there. So you so you went from a walk-on to a second-round draft pick. Yes, that's and, right. and I read that your coach at Cal Poly asked you after the season to write down the things that you did to get to the point that you were, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so what was – I found interesting the main thing that you wrote down. Can you tell us what, what, what it was? Yeah, so I got into meditation a decent amount my junior year, and our strength coach at Cal Poly is actually a Taoist priest. And he's super into like Eastern medicine, stuff like that. And he had this whole, um, I think it's called Qigong, um, like energy balancing thing. And he would do that. We would do it together once a week-ish, like before my start. And I thought it worked. And coincidence or not, I ended up pitching up, pitching way better after it. So I kind of took it upon myself to look into that more and started meditating. And I think it really helped me to focus on the mental side of the game more than just trying to throw a ball as hard as I can. So so how do you think it helped you most from the mental standpoint that changed the outlook of how you pitch? Um, instead of throwing a pitch and reacting emotionally, I can just look at it as, okay, I threw that pitch, what can I do? Analyze it and then flush it and get to the next one. Nice. So, so this year, Mm-hmm. You're now going to have your first full season in professional baseball, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what what have you noticed so far about what's different here versus what you did in college and in Williamsport? Um, it's a lot on the body. Coming out every day, throwing every day, pitching one day less rest than I did in college, um, throwing just more in volume every day. But I think my body has been adjusting pretty well to it so far, and I've just been trying to keep my weight on and stay healthy, stay mobile, and get after it. So what have you had to change your diet? My diet? No. They feed us pretty well here, Yeah, actually. The, we get fed three meals a day plus snacks, and they're all pretty, pretty healthy options. So I haven't put on too much fat yet. <laughs> so, so this year you've started off strong. Yeah. You've got, I think, 29 strikeouts and only two walks this season. Mm-hmm. Well, how have you been able to do that? Um, just got comfortable with my mechanics again. When I got to pro ball, it was kind of an adjusting, adjusting period for me to take what they were giving me and kind of make it my own and feel more natural with it and get back to feeling athletic on the mound. Um, and it took me a little while in the off season just to kind of mull it over and make it my own. And then in spring training, I felt a couple things that clicked and just kind of been running with it from there. And have they done anything to, to talk to you about um, what it's going to be like as the season draws on? Not yet. Just trying to stay healthy is pretty much all I've been hearing. So have you ever gotten to bat? No. No, I haven't. Even in high school? In high school I did, yeah. yeah. I was not very good. Not not at hitting, but I could I can hold my own in the field. So if you had to have walk-off, if you had to have walk-up music, what's it going to be? Um, oh, geez. 
I don't know, probably something like Candy Shop by 50 Cent. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Spencer. Cool. Thank you. And we wish you luck. Thanks. Take care. Jeff, I love the fact that one, you ask about their diet. <laughs> Do you ask about their walk-up music? <laughs> it was it, well, it, but but isn't isn't that well, as somebody who has coached lots of of kids, I will tell you the one thing that we instituted that was the most exciting thing was that at the beginning of the season we actually brought in announcers to announce their games and had walk-up music for them, and then they go to something called the these regional regionals, kind of like the Little League World Series leading up to it. That's the thing that the kids care about. The walk-up music. What is their walk-up music? Of course. So, so as you get older, these are the things that you don't want them to lose. That I thought that his comments on meditation and learning that for particularly a baseball player, absolutely. I mean, that's a game of failure. You know, mm -hmm. you hit one out of every four pitches and hit two fifty, and they're saying you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, and so his ability to, as he said, flush it after it's gone. I was glad that we started with the single A team because that seems like one of the bigger jumps for them in their pro career. You know, you get single A, you're playing more games now before you get to double and triple A and the competition increases. So to hear somebody who's been going through the system and, and came through college as opposed to just going direct from high school, I thought it was good that we started with him. What, what amazed me was is the amount, the difference between even college and minor league baseball, that in college, it, diet apparently didn't matter. It, it, it He got here, and all of a sudden it was, you know, there's a chef here that makes you your three meals of the day, so you're healthy, you, you don't put on a ton of weight. It, it's interesting to see the progression because their bodies really do change once they get here, and they change their mechanics. So all the stuff that made them successful they try to take those little morsels that they think that they can use from their God-gifted talent and then work on certain mechanics, and they spend years getting to the majors. So when, when people say, you know, I, I've been around kids that sit there and say, boy, this, this guy stinks. This guy's working on his mechanics each day. And by the way, that kid, every single one of them you see in minor league baseball was the town star. They were always the best player. They were player. always the best player. And most of them hadn't experienced not being the best player. Yeah, in fact, we talked to point. some we talked to some of the players when they were there and they said they said the same thing that you kind of say when you go to college. So, you know, kids think that they're always like the smartest kid in high school and then they get to college and realize, "Oh my god, there's a whole world out there that's just like me." So if, if I'm being honest here, my parents would tell you I never acknowledged I was the smartest kid <laughs> in, in school. Um, so I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there for you and move forward. But, but why don't we get to because we, we had another young guy, and Will Stewart. Would you say young guy? And he yeah. took a different path. You know, yes. you had Spencer Howard come through college in the draft. Will Stewart, who we've got here, came right from high school. We're here with Lakewood Blue Claws pitcher Will Stewart. How's it been starting the season here? A great opportunity with the club? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Lakewood is definitely new. Uh, it's a lot bigger than Williamsport, which is kind of hard to do, but our stadium is massive, and I love it. Our fans are cool, um, and our facilities are amazing. Compared to everywhere else we've played, this place is like the Taj Mahal. What's it been like to come through the system and start to make your way through on your path to trying to get to the majors for you? Um, for me, it's been it's been a very slow road. I was drafted at 17 whenever in 2015, right out of high school. So I took the very like slow route, like we're not going to push you, we're not going to move you quick, we're going to let you 
kind of marinate and get good and everything like that. But um, now moving through it, like getting to move every every year and everything like that, it's been crazy. Like so many opportunities have opened up and so many chances to prove yourself have opened up, opened up and it's it's incredible. Baseball is obviously a game of patience. I can't imagine that's been easy for you, you know, getting the success of being drafted at 17 and then <laughs> having to basically slow everything down to yeah. try and make sure you progress the right way. What's it been like to learn to be patient in the game of baseball on the fly coming right out of high school? Honestly, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, people say that like playing the sport in general is just hard that you don't understand until you get here and you go through the grind and you go through the process and um, being going slow and being patient is horrible. I'm like type A personality so like <laughs> I got to get stuff done but learning to be patient and learning to take a step back and understand what your road is and what your route to the big leagues is is it's, it's really hard but once you get it you start understanding and you you feel more comfortable with it and you just kind of roll with it. What's been some of the toughest lessons to learn? Obviously, you know, we, we talked with other interviews about you know baseball's a game of failure. Basically, yeah. it's trying to minimize failure to to mm-hmm. have the success. What's it been like for you to try and accept that mentality on this level and not push too hard to overdo it to really progress at that level you're looking for? Uh, the big thing with me was is uh, understanding your fa- your failures because. You can fail and you can fail and you can fail, but if you don't understand anything from it, if you don't get anything from it, you're not gonna you're not gonna move forward. So that was probably the biggest part for me because coming out 17, I came from high school where I dominated, and then I came up here and it was just like, wow, all these guys are good. Everyone is right here. You're not better than anyone. They're not better than you. It's just everyone's fighting. So being able to understand your failure and being able to like just take it all in and, and use it to your advantage has probably been one of the toughest things, especially coming from young. And, like, I've matured through this uh, organization. Like, I was a kid. I kind of consider myself less of a kid now. <laughs> I'm still not a man yet in the organization. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been tough. But it's been a ride. It's been fun. What would you say is your favorite pitch to throw? Ooh, my changeup. Your changeup. 100%. My changeup is my favorite pitch. What have you learned the most about another pitch you've been trying to? Uh, I started throwing a slider this past year, and apparently it was pretty good. So uh, I just kind of kept rolling with it, and uh, I had Berg, who is our pitching coach, and he's really been helping me fine-tune it and everything like that. So I think it's going to be something good. Oh, I got a question. So in spring training, what was it like to go to spring training with the Phillies? Oh, wow. Um, spring training with the Phillies. My first one was ridiculous. It was crazy. There were so many big-time names. We still had Ryan Howard, and he came down, and I got to see him and everything like that. But um, that was crazy. Um, our regiment is so much different than other clubs. Like, we work, like, so hard, and we have so many things we have to get done, and we're so very structured that it kind of felt like I was, like, in boot camp. But it was, like, a good boot camp. It was, like, this is what you do, this is what you do, and then you're done. So it was awesome. Before you got to that first spring training, who did you most want to meet? Oh, I really wanted to meet Roy Holiday really bad. And then I got to, which was awesome. Um, did he give you any tips? Yes, absolutely. Roy Holiday gave me literally, like, the key to pitching, I feel like. He always told me, he was like, don't worry about what goes on. Don't worry about what happens. Don't worry about the results. Just worry about what you can control. Pitch your game, and that's it. So, What was your number growing up? I was always three, yeah. but my high school number was 27. So whenever I got to the Phillies, I was like, can I please have 27? <laughs> so that's what I've been rolling with. 
Well, we, we wish you the best of luck with everything, and we can't wait to follow your progression as you go through the system. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Have a great one. Jeff, I liked how you jumped in on that interview there. I know. You, you just you wanted to ask. Yeah, you know so for fun? our listeners who couldn't tell, Jeff, if you can picture this, I'm doing the interview at Jeff's standing kind of a little bit away and is inching closer and closer to me <laughs> to where I turn to the left and I'm not the tallest person, so I have to look up when I'm next to Jeff, and I'm literally staring up at him, and he's there <laughs> waiting to ask. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what made me think to ask him that question, but but the wide-eyed young guy, I just kind of wanted to know who was he looking forward to, and how great is it that this guy he he idolized and got to meet Roy Halladay and got a tip he considers like his key to baseball from it. I think some of the stuff that he said is so important in terms of understanding failure and managing it, and you know those are the things that we've always talked about on the hardest sports show that I find fun about going into the minor leagues because. This is really where they learn those lessons about sports and get that discipline that we've talked about on the more professional level. Here, They're not there yet. They're chasing it. They, they also learn perspective in, in odd steps. Will Stewart said that how excited he was to play in this ginormous stadium. Of 6,000 people. Of 6,000 people. Can you imagine what his reaction is the day that he gets to step on a mound in a major league park of 45,000? Well, we will have more interviews from Lakewood next week. We've got some with the coach. Yep. You want to uh, do a quick stock up, stock yeah, down? Yeah, let's, let's do well, stock Will up. Stewart, Stewart's one of those guys. Okay. I mean, Will Stewart has had, he was not a top draft pick, but he's had five starts, 3-0, and 29 innings, 25 strikeouts, only four walks. 23 hits, a .93 whip, and a 1.6. You're going to be wearing a Will Stewart jersey when you come in next time. I know. I'm it. a fan, but see, that's it. what you, you now. You, I guarantee you, you will always follow, I will follow this him. guy, and, and look, I hope was, other people do. He was fun to interview. Yeah. Dar- you have Derek Hall and De Los Santos listed here. Stock up. Yeah. Well, we talked about De, De Los Santos. Derek Hall is somebody to watch. He was mashing the ball last year at Lakewood. He's moved up, and he now has. What do we have him on? Derek Hall has a ridiculous, I think he has nine home runs now. Nine home runs and 95 at-bats. 22 RBI, struck out 26 times, and a 986 OPS. Ten seconds to tell me why Mickey Moniak is stocked down. Bad stats. He just hasn't shown for the five-tool player. I'm waiting for any of those tools, and there's still time, but it's, it's just been rough going for him. And Cornelius Randolph, three seconds. Rough going. Rough Real going. Real rough going. We will have more on the Phillies minor league system next week. Follow us on high hopes fills and we will be back thanks for joining us this week on the heart of sports make sure to join us next friday night to help you start your weekend in style have a great one and we'll talk to you next week bye-bye